Hello, and welcome to the Strange Matters Podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss everything that is mysterious, bizarre, and unexplained. I'm Sean, and I will be the host for this episode. In this episode, we're going to be talking about an unsolved mystery that has been fascinating people for centuries now. It is an enigma that dates back to the 18th century and originates in Staffordshire, England. The basis for this mystery is an unknown and cryptic line of letters that is now known today as a Shugborough inscription. This short sequence of 10 letters may not seem like much at first glance, but it has spawned many a quest to figure out the answer behind the letters, a search that has spanned many years. Over time, there have been countless men and women, including the likes of Charles Darwin, Josiah Wedgwood, and Charles Dickens, who have all attempted to solve the riddle behind the inscription. To this day, however, there still remains no definitive answer. What is so fascinating about this mystery to me personally is how just a few letters on a monument could create such a widespread list of possible theories and ideas. Some of these include ancient Latin phrases, coordinates to hidden treasure, and even conspiracies linking the inscription to the Freemasons or the pseudo-secretive society of the Priory of Sion, and possibly even to the Knights Templar and the coveted Holy Grail. In this episode, I will be going over the history of the monument, as well as covering the most popular of the diverse and intriguing theories and speculations, both reasonable and outlandish, behind what the Shugborough inscription really means. The topic for this episode was a listener suggestion sent in to us by Daniel from Sweden. So thanks a lot, Daniel, for sharing this great mystery with us. So for now, let's jump right into this bizarre historical mystery. The background for the Shugborough inscription is simple enough yet it still remains as one of the most debated and popular historical and cryptographic mysteries even in the modern world. The inscription itself is a series of ten letters inscribed on a monument. The letters are broken into two lines, with the top line reading O-U-O-S-V-A-V-V. Two more letters, D and M, are seen underneath the top line and are placed off to the sides of the main sequence. These two groups of letters are what make up this mystery, as the meaning behind them has never been truly revealed. To understand this riddle further, we must look at the monument itself, as well as the time period it was constructed. The Shepherd's Monument was built in the grounds of Shugborough Hall in Staffordshire. We do not know exactly when the monument was built, but it is estimated it was constructed sometime between the 1740s and 1760s. The structure was commissioned by Thomas Anson, who was a member of the British Parliament, along with being an architect enthusiast. Thomas studied law at Oxford up until his father's death, at which time he stopped his career path and began to travel Europe, seeing the world and getting a taste for other cultures, as was the fashion for men of his stature back in the day. In his 50s, he was elected to the House of Commons, where he served for over two decades. In 1762, Thomas gained access to a large fortune of Spanish treasure that was collected by his deceased younger brother, the esteemed Admiral of the Fleet, George Anson. Equipped with his brother's wealth, Thomas began to pursue his passion for architecture by rebuilding the family house and erecting several monuments on the Lance Park, including the mysterious Shepherd's Monument. The exact reasoning behind his structures still isn't known, as some believe it is a representation of his travels in his younger days while others claim it is a metaphor for his brother's circumnavigation of the globe in his navy days. Regardless of Thomas Anson's reason and inspiration behind the creation of the monument, it was fashioned by a Flemish sculptor by the name of Peter Sheemakers. 
The relief carved into the monument is a mirror image of Nicolas Poussin's painting, The Shepherds of Arcadia. The image consists of a woman with three shepherds, two of whom are pointing towards a tomb in the background. On this tomb is a Latin phrase, et in Arcadio ego, which translates to, I am also in Arcadia, or I am even in Arcadia. The two men who are reaching for the tomb, their fingers touch the letters N and R in the Latin text. Their particular finger placements highlighting these letters has contributed to several theories, some of which we'll be covering later. Situated above this copy of Poussin's painting are two carved stone heads, one of which is a bald-headed man smiling, while the other head is a man with what appears to be goat-like horns sprouting from his forehead. Many believe this head is a representation of the Greek god Pan, who is also commonly depicted with goat horns. It is beneath these carvings on the monument that the ten mysterious letters are inscribed. As we have no records of the meaning behind the sequence of the letters, or the monument itself, over the years more and more interest has grown in the Shugborough inscription. Dozens of possible explanations have come and gone in that time period, but still the one true answer remains a mystery. So for the rest of this episode, we will be focused on going over a number of these theories, some of which are considered to be fairly reasonable in answering the meaning behind the letters, while others are far more convoluted and eccentric, yet entertaining nonetheless. The theories of the inscription can be grouped into several broad categories. There are many who believe that the string of letters are acrostic, meaning each letter in the inscription is the first letter of a word, all of which form a phrase or sentence. For example, the typical grave marker R.I.P. is acrostic for the phrase rest in peace. Others believe that the inscription is a cipher or code, and that the letters would need to be replaced or altered to find their true meaning. Another category belongs to those who believe that the inscription is a hidden phrase which leads to a certain location. Still, others think that the phrase alludes to a secret message, or a phrase that only a select few, in a hidden society for example, would understand. There is evidence and claims both for and against many of these categories, and the examples I just mentioned are just the tip of the iceberg. So without further delay, let's just go ahead and jump right into all these different theories for this centuries-old mystery. One of the theories that I'll just get out of the way discussing first is the idea that the letters really don't mean anything at all. Lonat, widely regarded as being likely, some believe that the whole inscription is merely a folly without a real interpretation. This would mean that the sculptor, Peter Shemakers, either by his own hands or on command from his commissioner Thomas Anson, put the letters up as just a decoration piece, or perhaps even just to be obviously misleading. It is a bit interesting to think of someone like Anson or Shemakers deliberately setting up a mystery like this, perhaps hoping that people would scratch their heads when visiting the monument and wondering what the inscription means for years to come. Having said that, I doubt that, even if this is the case, that even whoever was responsible could imagine that over 200 years later, their little trick or work of deception is still a driving mystery that many today are still trying to figure out. This theory actually does remind me of a joke that has been talked about between us hosts at Strange Matters in the past, that if one of us dies and our body is discovered, we should try and stage the scene to make it look like a baffling and complex mystery murder that would eventually make an awesome unsolved case for a mystery podcast show. With all that said, though, most people who study the Shugborough inscription don't put much stock into the troll theory, 
but instead insists that there has to be some type of meaning behind the cryptic letters. So from this point on, I'll start to discuss the other theories behind the inscription, those of which hinge on the idea that the sequence does have meaning behind it. There are numerous theories of the inscription that say that the letters are meant to correlate to corresponding numbers in some way. One explanation is that the letters represent a number in the form of Roman numerals. By assigning the Roman values to the letters D, M, and the three Vs, you would get a sum of 1,515. Going further, some believe that this represents the year 1515. What this year can mean is yet another mystery, as looking through the events of that year, nothing really stands out that would warrant such a disguised inscription. There is a similar theory in that using some ancient variations of the Roman numerals, numbers could be assigned to every letter except the U. Using this altered number system, the sum of the numeric values would be 1594. Again, this could be pointing towards a year, this time though there actually is a connection, as 1594 was the year Nicholas Poussin was born, and he was the artist who painted the Shepherds of Arcadia that the relief image on the monument is copied from. Still, this is a pretty convoluted way to pay tribute to a painter, and using an old and not commonly known variation of the Roman numeral system makes this explanation a pretty big stretch in my opinion. Personally, I don't really buy too much into the Roman numeral ideas by itself at all, it just seems odd to have to ignore half the letters just to come up with an answer that makes any type of sense. I think there are far better explanations out there that utilize all the letters in the inscription. So for now, I rank the Roman numeral and year theories pretty low on my list of possible answers. And one of the most interesting and complex theories, the mystery of the Shugbar inscription is tied to another popular mystery and legend, that of the infamous Money Pit which is supposedly on Oak Island in Nova Scotia, Canada. Oak Island is well known for the different theories of buried treasure and rare historical artifacts, and there have been a number of explorations sent to the island in hopes of discovering its secrets. Just like the Shugbur inscription, though, so far there are no concrete answers to the mysteries surrounding this particular island. There are a few reasons why some people claim that there is a link between the monuments in Staffordshire, England, and the alleged buried treasure on Oak Island. To understand this theory, we must again go back to the numbers angle, but this time it gets even more convoluted than using only Roman numerals. A man named Peter Oberg has come up with his own interpretation on how these sequence of letters correspond to a math equation. Peter assigns the typical letters of their Roman numeral counterparts, so the D equals 500, the M equals 1000, and V equals 5, just like in the previous theory. From this point, Peter's system differs from the previous examples, though, as he then assigns the O's to equal 11, as O was a numeral used in the medieval era to represent 11, as it is assumed to be the abbreviation of uns, the French word for 11. For the letter S, Peter uses the Roman numeral S, short for simis, which means one half. He then redundantly assigns A to 500, just like the D, this one confused me a bit because I couldn't really find a good explanation as to why he picked this number. In any case, rounding out his system, the U stands for union set theory, which is a fundamental operation through which sets can be combined to each other. Once Peter figured out what each letter stood for, he used their relation to each other on the monument to come up with several different math equations based on their groupings. 
Finally, he took all the numbers he came up with and added them together. And at the end of it, he discovered the answer was 2,787 or 2,810 based on other sources. As for what this number actually means, Peter believes it works out to be 2,787 miles. Now looking for places of interest with this distance, he discovered that if you travel that many miles in a straight line away from the Shepherd's Monument, you would land in the middle of Shad Bay, which is fairly close to Oak Island. Now honestly, this line of thinking seems a bit too whimsical for my taste. First of all, to get this particular answer, you have to use several different numerical representations for the letters, of which you are using numerals from different eras of time, and then you have just one of the letters meaning a math function rather than another number. Then you have to interpret how to carry out the equations based on where the letters stand next to each other, and then deciding to add all the different results you get. So what's to stop you from multiplying them instead to get a completely different number? And even ignoring the math for a second, once you get that answer, I don't see the reasoning behind thinking that 2,787 is supposed to represent a distance, or that is measured in miles specifically. And finally, even if everything about this theory is correct somehow, and the answer is in miles, there are a bunch of other landmarks and locations that would fall at that distance if you just went in any other direction from the monument. It seems odd to jump to the conclusion that this 250-year-old structure contains a secret equation pointing to an area that is in a general proximity of Oak Island. To me, it almost seems like this theory is a situation where someone has the answer to the riddle in mind, and they have to work and force the pieces of the puzzle until you get the result that you wanted to see all along. However, Peter Oberg's distance explanation isn't the only theory that links this monument to Oak Island. Some believe that the Latin text carved into the structure, et in Arcadia Ego, can be reworked to reveal the hidden message, in Acadia Go. A possible suggestion for this is that one of the fingers of the sculpted shepherds appear to cover up the letter R in the word Arcadia, suggesting it is meant to really be pronounced Acadia. Acadia was the old French name for Nova Scotia and New Brunswick in Canada, which was later seized by the British. It is said that Admiral George Anson visited the area, providing yet another link to the location. With this interpretation, the monument is discreetly giving the instructions to travel to Nova Scotia, which again is where Oak Island is located. Perhaps this theory is suggesting that Lord Anson buried some of his Spanish treasure in the Oak Island, or somewhere nearby. There's one more claim that links the two mysteries together, and it goes even a step further into conspiracy land by tying in Sir Francis Bacon. Francis Bacon was a very influential man, both in his life and following his death, as he was a well-known philosopher, scientist, orator, and author. Bacon would also serve as the Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England during his lifetime. Of course, just like with many other high-profile historical figures, there are now theories and speculations that Francis Bacon was involved with a whole bunch of conspiracies and secret organizations. According to some historians and authors, Bacon had alleged connections with the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons. Some say that Bacon was the Grand Master of the Rosicrucian Order, which was a shadowy group that was built on esoteric beliefs and truths of the ancient past, which concealed its secret knowledge and insight into nature, the physical universe, and the spiritual realm from the average man. To further solidify this possible explanation, the author Richard Hewitt has written about the connection between Sir Francis Bacon, 
the Shepherd's Monument, and Oak Island. According to Richard, he is privy to the inner teachings of an old strand of Rosicrucians, and in a document that was found at the Order's headquarters, he found a quote which said, On his deathbed in 1748, William Kent, the illustrious Yorkshire man, exquisite master of the craft and keeper of the secrets of Solomon's house, College of the Six Days' Work, left Thomas Anson to ensure that Peter Shoemakers kept to the exact design of the Shepherd's Monument at Shugborough. The instructions alongside Kent's drawings were as followed. On the monument, the shepherd's hand should be carved to highlight the letters of Bacon's name to preserve the important connections to Newfoundland. The carving should be such that one of the shepherd's thumbs be used to form the letter B, the tip of one finger to rest on the letter N, and another above the letter C. The letter A should be framed between the hands to illustrate the deeper Arcadian link, and the letter O should rest next to the knuckles. So with this, we have a type of puzzle where the position of the shepherd's hands on the monument point out to the letters that spell out Bacon's name. The theory goes on that since Bacon had a role in establishing English colonies in northeastern Canada around the area surrounding Oak Island, that he may have something to do with the hidden treasure buried on Oak Island. Now, while this is a very fun theory to read about, there is a ton of speculation involved with this suggestion. This theory hinges on the fact that Francis Bacon really was a high-ranking member of a secret fraternity, that there is a hidden legend on Oak Island, and that Thomas Anson was in some way made knowledge to all of this and instructed to build a monument, all according to plan. So to summarize, in all, we have several different explanations and possible connections that suggest that the Shepherd's Monument is in fact in some way related to the legend of buried treasure on Oak Island in Canada. Now again, I've mentioned how I don't think any of these theories are particularly strong or convincing. However, I do admit that it is interesting how the whole monument is used as a clue in this theory. You have the letters that can be substituted for numbers and solved for a unit of distance, the Latin text that contains a secret message, and the hands of the carved men point to yet another hidden code. So while each individual explanation doesn't hold much water, the question is there. Do three flimsy theories about one particular answer turn into one strong theory? Again, just in my mind, I don't think it does. There's just too much reason for speculation and leaps of logic to accept any of this explanation. Not to mention that I have plenty of my own doubts on the reality of the buried treasure legend surrounding Oak Island as well. With all that said, I do consider this to be one of the more entertaining theories out there, regardless of my thoughts on the actual validity of connecting the Shugbur inscription to Oak Island. For a separate theory that revolves around another treasure of some kind, author and researcher George Edmonds has his own ideas. In his book involving the mystery, titled Anson's Gold, he states that many people forget to think about Admiral George Anson, Thomas's brother. George Anson acquired a wealthy stash of Spanish gold and treasure after seizing a Spaniard ship. So this theory goes that the monument is a clue to a hidden treasure, but one belonging to Admiral Anson. Hidden in the ten letters of the inscription is a code that works out to the longitude and latitude of a secretive area, most likely a small or out-of-the-way island that George was familiar with in his Navy days. Edmonds claims that in his theory... George Anson may have hidden part of his great treasure away, and only those who could crack his code would know the location. Apparently an expedition was sent out later to retrieve his treasure, but due to unforeseen complications, the loot could not be recovered. 
There were letters written to Admiral Anson from the captain of this endeavor that are allegedly written in a code with part of a cipher to translate it, suggesting that a cipher could be used to decode the letters of the Shepherd's Monument. However, no secret locations or treasures have ever been found that can be linked to Lord Anson, so this explanation still remains just a speculation. Some of the theories proposed to solve the Shugborough inscription start to get a little crazy and dive into the world of conspiracy and secretive organizations. While fun, many theories in this group take quite a few leaps of logic in their reasoning and require a bit of a suspension of disbelief. So there is an explanation that links Thomas Anson to the secretive brotherhood of the Freemasons. In this explanation, the double V and the inscription should be read as the word 10 rather than two individual letters, again by reference to the Roman numerals. The remaining letters could then form an anagram, which arranges to give the sequence DVOU and MASO. So if you sound it out, you get DVOMASO, but then by using the letters TEN from the word 10, you can round out the missing parts of the words and arrive at the phrase Devout Mason. This is a pretty clever anagram if it is true as it does take several steps to arrive at the solved answer. Also, the fact that the D and the M letters are beneath and separate from the others could show that they are more significant, such as being the first letters of two words, in this example, Devout Mason. The anagram theory, if true, suggests that the Shepherd's Monument is really a Masonic altar of some kind. However, in all, this is still a pretty speculatory idea bringing more mystery and intrigue into the inscription by linking the monument's commissioner with a secret society. To take it a step further, one of the most popular beliefs is one that is most rooted in conspiracy and secrets. It involves more shadowy brotherhoods, and most intriguing of all, claims that the Shugborough inscription is perhaps a key to finding one of the most sought-after treasures in history, the Holy Grail itself. For those who aren't aware, the Holy Grail is a legend of a cup, chalice, or dish that gifts its owners with certain miraculous powers, such as eternal youth, immortality, and boundless happiness and satisfaction in life. According to old works of literature, the Holy Grail was used by Jesus during his Last Supper, and Joseph of Arimathea used it during the crucifixion of Jesus to catch his holy blood. The Grail has been a popular subject in fiction and culture since the medieval era, appearing in many King Arthurian tales. This theory really started in 1982 when several authors wrote a pseudo-historical book called The Holy Blood and the Holy Grail. In this book, they suggest that Nicholas Poussin, the artist behind the Shepherds of Arcadia painting, was a member of a secret organization known as the Priory of Sion. The Priory of Sion was supposedly regarded as the true successors of the medieval Knights Templar and were prosecuted as heretics by the church due to their belief that Jesus Christ was not divine. Rather, in their side of the story, Jesus started a family bloodline that the order has protected in secrecy to the modern times. The Priory of Sion are also the protectors of numerous important relics brought from the Holy Land, most notable the Holy Grail. It is thought that Nicholas Poussin's painting, along with some of his other works, contain hidden meanings of great esoteric significance for those who knew what to look for, namely those involved with the Priory of Sion. This new and exciting idea spread around, and many took it as the real hidden truth behind the inscription. In 2004, Richard Kemp, who was the general manager of the Shugborough estate at the time, 
even launched a promotional campaign that added further flame to the fire, that there was a secret connection between the Shugborough inscription and the location of the Holy Grail. As time went on, there were more ideas and suggestions that there was some type of link between the monument, the Priory of Sion, and the Grail. One individual worked out a way that the ten letters of the inscription could be encoded to reveal its true form, the phrase Jesus H. Defy. He interpreted the H as the Greek letter Chi, which stands for Christos, the Greek word for Messiah. In summary, this interpretation of the Shugborough inscription shows the message that defies the statement that Jesus was the Son of God, a core philosophy of the secretive Priory of Sion. After this theory, Richard Kemp, again the general manager of the estate, said, This confirms a link with the Templars. It's a very exciting discovery that confirms what was always rumored to be the case. So once again, we have a very complex and deep theory linking the monument to more secret orders and even a holy object. However, many of course do not consider this particular explanation as being plausible or serious in the slightest. Like several of the other more outlandish theories discussed so far, for this one to be considered true, it relies on statements that there really is a secret order known as the Priory of Sion that is descended from the Knights Templar, who did have knowledge that Jesus was not divine and were protecting his bloodline through the ages, as well as being in control of the Holy Grail. Obviously, this whole theory is a bit much for the average person who has studied the monument, and many believe that there is a lot more reasonable and logical answer behind the inscription's hidden message than bringing in conspiracies of secret orders and holy objects. Not to mention that historically, the Priory of Sion most likely never existed at all, as it was created with a fictitious backstory by the Frenchman Pierre Plantard as a hoax. Also, the book that I mentioned earlier, The Holy Blood and the Holy Grail, that expands on the connection between the Priory of Sion and the Holy Grail and the secret bloodline of Jesus, has been nearly universally blasted by professional historians and scholars as being woefully inaccurate. It is generally agreed upon by most that the majority of the claims, ancient mysteries and conspiracies, are merely pseudo-historical and cannot be taken as legitimate. So up until this point in the episode, I have discussed a number of different theories about the Shugbur inscription, some relatively straightforward, others much more complex and fanciful. As I've alluded to, I personally do not buy into any of the previous explanations based on the research and claims I've read upon for each. There is, however, one final category that I do think holds a much better chance of being the answer to the riddle of the Shugbur inscription, if in fact there is one. A large amount of the theories and possible answers to the inscription over the years have been put forth assuming that the ten letters on the monument are acrostic, meaning that each letter of the inscription is the initial letter of a word. Many of these acrostic solutions to the inscription are made under the assumption that by most observers, the monument is most likely a memorial of a loved one or a religious message, as there really isn't much evidence to back up the more esoteric explanations. By most accounts, Thomas Anson's life did not involve shadowy principles or secret occultism, but that he was simply inspired by his travels and knowledge of ancient Greek ideals. A man named Oliver Morchard Bishop was asked to catalog the papers of Thomas Anson in the 1950s for a woman named Margaret, the Countess of Litchfield. After looking into the letters from and to Anson, as well as his own viewing of the monument, Bishop would suggest a Latin phrase, which could be the meaning behind the letters. Optime exoros, optime sororis, vitis amatissimus volvit virtutibus. 
This phrase is translated as best of wives, best of sisters, a most devoted widower dedicates this to your virtues. This statement could make sense if it was a dedication to the mother of Thomas and George Anson, Isabella. However, though the phrase itself could be a logical answer, Bishop himself had his own doubts shortly after coming up with this phrase. The most glaring reason for opposing this translation is that Thomas Anson was not a widower, so it wouldn't make sense that he dedicated this monument to his mother. Actually, there are no mentions of Thomas's marital status at all, so it is believed by most that he actually went through life unmarried. The only explanation that could make this phrase true is if Thomas Anson was married at some point for only a short period of time and no records were kept, or if the phrase was supposed to be dedicated by someone else, though this would be a bit odd for Anson to put a phrase like that from somebody else on his own monument. Another solution came from Steve Regimble, who interprets the letters as standing for yet another Latin phrase meaning, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity, which is based off of a biblical verse from Ecclesiastes 12.8. He believes that this phrase may have been used to carve the inscription Omnia Vanitas onto the alcove at the estate of one of Thomas Anson's associates, George Littleton. Thus, perhaps this phrase about vanity was well known amongst the circle of friends of which Thomas Anson was a part of. So while Thomas's acquaintance George had a portion of this phrase carved onto his own grounds, perhaps Thomas expanded on the saying and had the initial letters of the text inscribed on one of his own monuments. Another possible suggestion was put forth by historian A.J. Morton, who believes that the Shugborough inscription may be nothing more than 19th century graffiti. Morton thinks that there is a strong possibility that the inscription of the ten letters was not added to the monument until a number of years after it was built. And he was quoted as saying, There doesn't appear to be any reference to the curious letters until the 19th century. This suggests, quite strongly, that they were added later. So this would mean that the inscription really has nothing to do with Thomas Anson, suggesting he was not the mastermind behind them at all. Morton would go on to suggest that the letters were added years later, by Sugborough residents George Adams and his wife, Mary Vernon Venables. Morton, who is an expert on such monuments and graves from centuries ago, claims that the letters match up to the couple of George and Mary, along with a few others, who were relatives of Thomas Anson. He continues by saying nothing in Thomas Anson's life fits the letters, except his nephew George Adams. Digging into this theory further, Morton found that George's wife Mary was the daughter of Baron Vernon, and was the sister of Edward Vernon Hardcourt, the Archbishop of York. The couple's son, who was also named Thomas Anson after his great-uncle, was the Viscount of Shugborough. Therefore, Morton claims that the ten letters are likely just based on the names of this family unit. The M and the V stand for Mary Venables. Another V and the D are for Baron Vernon of Derbyshire. Another V for Edward Vernon Hardcourt and the remaining letters V-A-O-U-O for the couple's son, Viscount Anson of Orgreave, a hamlet united with Overly. And finally, the S stands for Shugborough. So the names and titles for the family make up the Shugborough Code inscribed on the Shepherd's Monument. A.J. Morton is quite convinced that he has the correct answer. He stated, I've tried convincing myself that I'm wrong, but I can't see any way out. While I'm pleased to have solved it, I do worry that I've destroyed something magical. That's quite a quote from the man. It does seem that he believes 100% that 
that he has cracked the solution to the hundreds-year-old mystery. I do think that this theory seems more plausible than some of the others, and it's interesting that his theory is based on the idea that the ten letters were not actually carved into the monument during its initial creation, or even during Thomas Anson's lifetime. This means that the inscription is entirely independent of anything else going on with the monument, so it is in no way connected to the replica of the Shepherds of Arcadia painting, or the Latin phrase carved within, et in Arcadio Ego. If in fact the ten letters were never part of the original monument, as there are no records of it being so, I think this explanation is pretty high on the list of possible explanations. It would at least link somewhat to the commissioner of the piece, Thomas Anson, as it was his relatives who would eventually carve the letters into the monument that he built. Still, it must be said that even though there may not be any written records of the inscription on the monument until years later, it doesn't necessarily mean that it couldn't have been part of the original monument. It could be that for the early years, either those who saw it heard from Thomas Anson himself what it means so it wasn't really a mystery to them, or that people just didn't think it was a big enough deal to write letters to their loved ones about it. Or there actually could have been letters or records of it at the time the monument was made, but they were lost over time. So while I do think that this is a pretty plausible explanation, there could be others that are even more likely. And this brings us to the final theory and explanation that I will be discussing in this episode. And this theory comes from a man named Keith Massey. Personally, of all the interpretations that I've looked into during research, this is the one that I believe to be the most likely answer. Keith Massey's credentials include being recruited as a linguist of Arabic language at the Top Secret National Security Agency, or NSA, after the events of the September 11th terrorist attacks in America. While there, he was trained in cryptological methods. Afterwards, he went on to teach Latin in high school for nine years. Using both his expert skills at linguistics, as well as his knowledge of Latin text, Massey decided to attempt to crack the riddle of the Shugborough inscription himself. Massey has stated that, I believe I've solved the mystery. I believe my proposal provides a sensible and credible interpretation to this long-standing mystery. My solution provides a straightforward and grammatical sentence, all parts of which are attested to in tomb inscriptions and text, predating or contemporary with the creation of the Shugbur inscription. In this theory, the first thing solved was the two letters, D and M, that are set beneath and apart from the main sequence of letters. Massey believes solving this would open the door to cracking the rest of the code. He states that these two letters are highly likely to represent the ancient Roman abbreviation of Dis Manibus, meaning for the manes. The manes themselves were ancestral spirits of the Roman underworld. Once he figured this part out, Massey explained that solving this clue showed that the inscription was meant to be understood as a tomb memorial composed entirely in Latin. Massey has also discovered other tombs with such inscriptions. For example, in a tomb from North Africa, the letters OVBQ were found carved into the tomb. This phrase was found to be translated into the Latin phrase Oro ut bene quiescat, or I pray that she may rest well. So by first figuring out the meaning of the D and M letters of the Shepherd's Monument, and knowing there are several other such monuments and tombs displaying letter inscriptions that are short for Latin phrases, Keith Massey figured he was on the right track. He also figured that the same phrase in this tomb, Oro Ut, or I Pray That, was the beginning of the Shrugbur inscription, as it begins with O and U. While looking at the remaining unsolved letters, he first started to look for several patterns 
that are commonly used when trying to decipher or interpret unknown text. What he noticed first was the three V's in the inscription, something he believed to be another major clue. As Massey explains, as someone trained in cryptography, I assume any time you have a letter that occurs more often than other letters, you are looking at an important clue. Therefore, if there was a pattern, as Massey stated, these three V's could be the final stepping stone that would lead to a complete solution of the Shugborough inscription. While looking at well-known Latin phrases that contain such a pattern of V letters, he immediately thought of Julius Caesar's famous quote, Vini, Vidi, Vici, or I came, I saw, I conquered. However, this possible answer was almost immediately discarded due to the other letters in the inscription. Plus, it seemed unlikely that this saying would make sense with the rest of the monument. So next, Massey looked to biblical verses, and this is where he found something that he believes has led to the correct theory for the inscription. In the New Testament, John 14.6, there is the Latin phrase, Igusum via et veritas et vita, which translates to, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So now Massey believed that he had all the pieces of the puzzle. He knew it was a Latin phrase due to the well-known initials D and M that were used in Roman times. The first two letters, O and U, most likely stood for Oro Ut, or I pray that. Finally, he had this biblical verse that closely matches the remaining letters of the inscription, most importantly by seeing the pattern of the three V's in close proximity to each other in the sequence. By taking all this into account, and by seeking a simple phrase that made grammatical sense, Keith Massey arrived at his final answer to the Shugborough inscription. Massey's solution to the letters on the monument is Oro ut omnis sequenter viam ad verum vitam, which gives the phrase I pray that all may follow the way to true life. While there is still no real way to prove this is the one and only definitive answer, Massey believes his solution makes the most sense, since it is based on literature that was most likely available to Thomas Anson at the time, and seeing as how Thomas was a traveled and cultured man, not to mention a fan of ancient architecture, may have been well aware of such inscriptions on other tombs and monuments. As for myself, I do think that this theory may be the most likely, or at least on the right track. Perhaps Keith Massey does not have the exact translation that was intended, but it seems reasonable that he at least figured out what the D and the M stood for on the monument, and that the rest of the letters most likely stand for the initials to a Latin phrase. Also, this theory doesn't necessarily mean that the inscription was done by Thomas Anson, as many others do. Perhaps the letters were carved in later by an unknown man, but someone who was also well-educated and familiar with Latin text. There are countless other solutions similar to this last theory, all of them assuming the letters are an acrostic riddle that reveals a hidden Latin meaning. Some of them make sense, others just seem random. But since there are so many possible solutions to the inscription that are made into a Latin phrase, it suggests to me that this is at least the right category. As for some of the other possible theories, I think people are digging too much into them and not really using common sense. Again, it just seems very far-fetched that the creators of the monument were also involved in secret organizations, be they the Freemasons, Knights Templar, or Priory of Sion. I also think that the connection between the Shepherd's Monument and the Oak Island legend is just imagination and wishful thinking. Low is still a pretty fun idea, I admit. So my final thoughts on this monument is that if the inscription does in fact have a true meaning, and it isn't just a prank pulled by some 18th century knucklehead, 
then the solution is most likely a Latin phrase that had some type of meaning to the builders at the time. It is interesting to note that with all the theories out there, some of which seem very credible and plausible, the staff at Shugborough Hall remain skeptical and do not buy into many of the proposed explanations. A spokesman of the estate has said that they get half a dozen people a week and claim that they have solved the riddle to the inscription, so it is understandable how they eventually stop looking at all the potential answers that are thought of and sent their way. In summary of this topic, the Shugborough inscription made for a pretty crazy ride as I was bouncing around from theory to theory, some of which were pretty confusing and complex. This mystery actually turned out to be quite different and much deeper than I originally assumed. As I first started to look into this topic, I do what I normally do with listener suggestions that are sent in. I do a quick Google search and try to get a brief outline of what the case is about. When I saw that this mystery is based almost entirely around a piece of stone that had 10 letters carved into it, I honestly had a bit of a that's it type of moment. But once I really started to look into the inscription and all the wildly different theories around it, it had me hooked and has since become probably one of my favorite historical mysteries. Such unsolved mysteries like this are fascinating, as over the years there have been so many theories and speculations on what the inscription and monument as a whole represent. Of course, with such an old mystery, there also comes the flip side that suggests that we will never really know what the true meaning of the letters are. Even if someone out there has come up with the right answer, there just isn't a way to confirm it with the people who have been dead for centuries. Regardless. The mystery of the Shugborough inscription has remained one of the most popular unsolved cryptic texts in history, and it seems likely that curious people from all over the world will continue to look into this case and come up with their own possible theories for countless years to come. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Strange Matters Podcast. If you have your own ideas or theories on the Shugborough inscription, or if you have ideas and suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to contact us at our email, strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us and send feedback through our Facebook page or Twitter. Strange Matters is made possible by our journalist supporters over at Patreon. On Patreon, you can help support the show by giving a monthly donation, and as an incentive, you can even gain access to monthly bonus episodes. If any of you listeners are interested in supporting Strange Matters, please visit our page at patreon.com slash strangematters, or visit our website and click on the Support Us page. In this episode, I would especially like to thank our newest patrons, Natasha and Meg. So thanks a lot for helping the show. And finally, we ask if you are listening to us on iTunes, please take the time to leave a quick rating and review. It means a lot to us to get your feedback, and it also helps promote the podcast so we can always reach new listeners. So until the next episode of the Strange Matters podcast, take care, everybody.